0: You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is episode 14, recorded the week of July 13th, 2020.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Customer This is our Ipsos podcast series aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. So that's for customer experience practitioners, leaders of CX measurement and management programs, might be mystery shopping programs. For those of you who are responsible for the performance of sales channels in your organization or their functions, then this podcast is for you. I'm Helen Wilson. I'm the CXO for our Ipsos CX and channel performance business, and I'm here with Trevor Clark, my co-host. Now, today we have a couple of guests in with us. We have Sven Heiner, who is our Ipsos CX Chief Operating Officer. And we have Dan Zuckerman, who is our VP in our US CX business. And they're here to talk CX tech. So Ipsos, we provide world-class CX measurement and management, but that's underpinned, of course, by industry-leading software platforms. So it's the tech bit of CX measurement and management. That we're here to talk about today. So welcome Sven. Welcome Dan. It's great to have you in with us today and in with us. So Sven, you're presumably sitting in Germany somewhere in Germany today. Is that the case?
2: Yeah, that's the case. I'm based in Hamburg and today it's sunny, nice weather, which is quite unusual for the northern part of Germany.
1: Okay, you're already making me feel jealous as I look out of the rainy, w- rainy window. And Dan, what about you? Where are you based today? Where are you talking from?
3: I am based in our New Jersey office, about 40 minutes or so outside of New York City.
1: Okay, so we've got pretty good coverage here with UK, with US, with Germany and with Canada. What I would like to do is just start by understanding a little bit more Sven and Dan in terms of what you do. What are your roles at Ipsos?
2: I'm in the market research space now since 1998 and joined Ipsos 11 years ago in 2009. Um, I was focusing on customer experience and loyalty research for 12 or 13 years. But now my focus is now, together with my teams, of course, to design, implement, and maintain customer experience tech platforms. So Ipsos has offices in 90 markets. Therefore, we have set up various hubs in all the regions globally that support our clients and local teams to execute and implement such programs.
1: If one thinks about an end-to-end program that you and your team might work on, just give me an idea of how you might fit in that end-to-end program. Do you, Dan, get involved right through from the sort of early engagement stages or... Where where does that how does that work in terms of at what point you're having the conversations that would involve some form of technology discussion?
3: Yeah, so for myself, I'm, I'm typically brought into our engagements early on in in what we would define as a pre-sales mode. Um, those those are the the best opportunities for myself to get acquainted with the client, their business, their needs and goals, uh, and to work with our internal teams on how we can deliver and meet those goals after the sales process i do stay somewhat involved to ensure that our clients are onboarded successfully making sure that from pre-sales through the sales through to an implementation or setup stage that there's continuity and that we don't miss the mark in terms of that implementation based on everything that we've heard in the sales cycle How do you sort
0: out what technology is best for clients? We're in an age where there's so much technology around and and there's so much really good technology. How do you sort out which is the best for the use case that you described? At Ipsos, we work with leading partners
2: in this CX technology space, as well as having some own technology solutions in our offering. We are pretty much aware that no one software fits all client needs. And therefore, we usually get into discussions with our client stakeholders to discover first what the real need is. And this enables us to recommend the right platform based on a pretty large set of factors, such as research methodology, uh, users on client side, feature and requirements, touch points they want to measure, etc. So there are hundreds of factors that you can consider. but of course, budget plays an important role as well. And finally, such a program needs to help our clients to drive their business and uh, help them to make decisions. And we just make sure to recommend the right software uh, to
0: support this particular request. To follow up, then, what are the what are some of those big factors that clients start to consider when they think about which technology? I imagine it's a full range from dashboarding capability to text analytics capabilities. What are the big ones that our clients are focusing on?
3: There's a lot that that we see these days in terms of integration of data, whether it's other survey data or it's uh, systems of data and operational data, integration becomes a, a key part. You know, something Sven said that resonates with me is that there's a lot of technologies out there. That do a lot of different things and you know oftentimes no technology is is really perfect it's which technology really fits best with the client dynamics and you know Sven alluded to uh, cost or price there's uh, internal factors that need to be considered there's the methodology and what, I think what I try to do and what we do here uh, within our team in the U.S. is we really try to identify which technology is, is going to deliver on the client needs best. You know, all these different factors, features and price, There's soft factors. And then there's also, you know, the political factors within the clients and, you know, what management is, is telling them.
2: So one could say, watch out at first sight, they look pretty much all the same. And this is where we go in and make an assessment what the real need is.
1: So if you've got the perfect client coming to you or the perfect prospect and you know you have this conversation that will happen in terms of the hard factors, the soft factors, the political factors, the budget and so forth. What are the ideal pieces of information they will need to discuss with you in order for you to determine the piece of technology that's going to best meet their ultimate business needs?
3: Personally had situations where I've recommended a a certain technology or platform and it worked for that moment in time, but then once it became real in terms of where they really wanted to evolve their program, the technology that we had decided upon couldn't keep up and we had to adjust and make changes. Uh, So I think understanding the here and now, but also knowing what their vision is, vision is, is is quite critical.
1: And I guess that also plays into decisions in terms of the wider program design, doesn't it? You know, so when we we've, we've had the conversation before on here that when we talk to our clients about what kind of CX measurement will work for them to enable the best CX management, it's about what are those big strategic business questions that they need to be addressing now and in the future. And presumably that also plays in terms of technology choice as well. What
0: examples are there where um, the technology just really connects with a client and they're able to um, step their CX programs forward?
3: I think technology is best utilized in this space, Trevor, when you have uh, adoption throughout the entire organization. You know, we've experienced a lot of clients, for example, in, in the automotive space where we've implemented these large types of, of programs, either for or sales or, or after sales or a service program, every time there's some interaction, a customer is being uh, surveyed and those scores and, and reports are, are being pushed down to the dealer level. And, you know, somewhat uh, famously in automotive, there sometimes tends to be some gaming that happens. Uh, in those environments because of variable compensation that's involved at the dealer level. When you have true adoption and everyone has bought into what the program is going to help achieve on a very large scale, that's when the technology is um, is best utilized or adopted. The the action that the technology can provide is great for, for in the moment, especially when we're talking about the opportunity for service recovery or, or what we refer to as closed loop uh, feedback with, within the industry. Those opportunities are, are great and provide a lot of action. But then Our ability at Ipsos and and what we can do in going, you know, beyond those specific moments and and giving our clients focus around other strategic areas. And when those are adopted by our clients and pushed through the organization, uh, that's when the technology is is best.
2: So I came across a client who already had a quite large program in place uh, aiming for change management, and a culture change. But in the end, they realized they invested far too much in such a software and were better suited with just an online dashboard reporting to fulfill their needs, right? Because they basically only needed a a board reporting with KPIs rather than a full-blown customer experience software program that enables them to close the loop with customers, sending hot alerts, doing text analytics and stuff like this. It's uh, very important that clients just make an assessment what the real needs are before they implement whatever software they
1: decide on. So you talked a little bit about how you got involved from a tech perspective. Can you broaden that out in terms of how Ipsos gets involved end to end? Within our
3: our CX team here in the US, we have uh, a number of different Specialty areas, I I would describe them as, you know, I'm a part of of our CX technology team. um, And we all work closely together. There are folks who are in our our CX analytics team. Uh, We have a CX advisory group as well. And we have um, a a group of of CX research experts, uh, essentially. And we often work hand in hand. We get involved at at different stages. Uh, You know, part of what we do here at Ipsos is a lot of customized development for our clients and and their needs. So, you know, no no situation is always exactly the same. However, we're working very closely with our, our research experts, as well as the analytics and advisory groups in devising these holistic programs. Best case scenario, we're all working together from from the outset so that there is a common objective towards the end outcome. Sometimes certain groups are involved and and others are not based on the client needs. So really, we work from the start of a client engagement through to reporting. Technology is is oftentimes a centerpiece of that, whether it's merely from a a data collection or surveying standpoint, or if it is taking you all the way through from managing a client list or a customer list and being able to push that list through the system to gather feedback and then to report on it. And reporting can happen in a number of different ways where technology is involved. And then our advisory group you know, really comes in and helps with the, the activation uh, based on whatever our dashboards are representing, our text analyses are outputting for us, and our analytics group being involved. And, and how do you really activate that once you have that data? And that's how we all kind of weave together and, and work seamlessly in, in the
1: US. Yeah, and you make a really important point there because I think it's about working seamlessly as one team. We're kind of moving from a, a position whereby we were a bunch of researchers. Clearly, the team makeup is, is very different now than it might have been in the past. When you're recruiting people to work in your Ipsos teams, so we'll focus here on your tech teams, who do you want these days?
2: If you work with tech, you basically need for all phases of a project or program lifecycle cycle experts to deliver on our promise. Uh, research and CX expertise usually sits in our local teams. while you need all the tech experts with a tech background or a data processing background to build these tech solutions. So it isn't basically about traditional loyalty research persons or market research persons anymore, but more people understanding technology, how to make best use of it and execute and implement efficiently. is one reason why we implemented also a hub structure uh, to team up with the local research experts and the corresponding CX tech platform specialists to build the programs in the best and most efficient way.
1: And I would add to that the point that Uh, Dan, you made up front when you talked about translating the client's needs into the technical blueprint, as it were. And I find in some cases, when I was back uh, leading a market, that's where the biggest challenge was, that the client knew what they wanted, but they needed us to translate that into the technical spec, as it were.
3: Yeah, I think there's different skill sets uh, involved. And, you know, as Sven mentioned, there's a lot of the, the technical skill sets of, you know, do I know JavaScript? Can I write, um, you know, JSON and, and all these other coding languages? However, you know, you also, what we look for here are people who are familiar with the technology partners that we do team up with, both on the technical side, but also in terms of just Running programs through those technology platforms, there are, there are differences and nuances that you need to handle and, and be aware of.
0: I can really see how a team like that would be valuable for clients and that they don't have to necessarily have that staff and skill set for themselves with partnering with Ipsos and having widely dispersed teams like that is so valuable.
3: Yeah, the, the 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 clients sometimes they don't they don't have teams large enough to be experts on their own uh, within within the platform. So, yeah. uh, you know, they really do look to servicing partners like Ipsos to provide them uh, with those answers. Um, and you know, oftentimes it's really simple questions, just how do I do this and you know, we're, we're there for the simple, but we're also there with the the complicated. And it can get complicated, uh, depending on the type of programs that we're talking about. And, um, you know, so that that's where clients really, I think, come and value uh, the partnership that we bring.
1: So for our clients who are sitting there listening, who are less familiar with this process, when you're talking complex, what are you talking?
3: It means a lot of different things. Oftentimes, when I think about complex, it's, it's not so much number of, of markets, although that, you know, does add a, a certain level of, of complexity to, to manage. To me, it's more about quality in, you know, good quality in equals good quality out. And, you know, it starts at, at the beginning of, you know, the, the sampling methodology, as we refer to it in, in the research world. But, you know, who are who are we speaking to? and are we getting a a representative sample of of the customer base and you know oftentimes every organization is different in how we can acquire those those lists and and who we can send to and you add into it uh, gdpr and, and ccpa which is the the california law and regulations here in the us and you know that just adds a whole nother complexity to it now on top of that Oftentimes, there's this level of integration, of system integration that's involved when we're talking about these lists. And and all of these things need to be set up in a very fluid manner so that lists feed into the systems and data and feedback is is being collected. It sounds trivial, but there's a lot of mechanisms that go into it behind the scenes where we have to help our clients to think about um, you know, not just the execution of it, but you know, what does it mean? How you know how is data privacy involved and, and affected? Um, and you know that can be very very complicated. On the end side, when you have your data on the reporting side of it, you know that too can can present challenges. Uh, I think clients are sometimes used to seeing all of their data in in, in PowerPoints, you know, historically and you know, a dashboard doesn't necessarily mean it's replacing PowerPoint, uh, and and you have access to all of your data in the same way visually. Uh, the technologies nowadays provide you access to all the data, uh, which you as a user can can manage and manipulate yourself, but that concept of the data, how to visualize it, how to to interpret it. There's complicating factors just in the structure and the setup there as as well. So complicating factors run the full spectrum from start to to finish. Those are just a couple of examples, but there are plenty others.
0: It's been such an interesting time with technology and advances in technology. Through the pandemic, it's often been said it feels like digitalization and technology has stepped forward 5 years in a matter of a few months. Sven, where do you see the technology heading? So if you look at where all of these programs
2: are coming from a few years ago, starting with just simple online dashboards results displayed in real time ideally collected via phone or online interviews via email but technology has made such a huge shift over the last few years and today we are talking more about multi-touchpoint programs including customer journey mapping, various collection methodologies like SMS, IVR, online, even video feedback etc and um, I mean we just need to look at our own behavior. So for me, my mobile phone or smartphone has become the primary device of choice for everything that happens digital. We will be collecting customer experience in a more conversational way. So there will be a lot of potential to collect data through new channels like Internet of Things and augmented uh, reality. So we have smart devices, connected devices, so I think these can't be ignored, and this is something we can bring in as well, and could be one of one of many new big things I would say.
3: And I also think that there is this movement and, and shift in how consumers and customers interact with their brands, and and we're going to have to shift in the technology and how we capture that information. Um, you know, just think about where we are today with purchasing a, a car, not only are there organizations and, and new companies out there that like Carvana here in the U.S. where everything can be digital, but even through uh, the COVID crisis, if you wanted to purchase a car, that experience is completely different uh, versus going into a dealership, which can be quite painful here in the United States and sitting for, for three hours. So uh, I, I think as that changes, technologies are gonna to start to change. We're gonna see a lot more of CX technologies and what we're all familiar with uh, in terms of capturing feedback from, from surveys and, and social and, and SMS to uh, these new integrations with other technologies that are making it seamless and, and operating in these workflows that are just very, very different and new to, to many of us.
1: And I think on that point, you wrap up in a really lovely way because we've talked throughout a lot of this conversation around what's great for our clients. But actually, fundamentally, the feedback experience is about the customer. It's another touch point with the organization, and it's ensuring that that touch point is a brilliant experience for them too, and that's absolutely vital.
0: Perhaps I could ask you to change your perspective and think about yourselves as customers. Can you tell us about a standout experience, either good or bad, I bought a projector, so for my home cinema, just
2: eight months ago. And this projector broke during watching a movie last weekend. And after I contacted the manufacturer, they they made no big deal about it, they just offered me a full refund of my payment that I made eight months ago. and. Uh, even if I use it for multiple months, uh, I get my money back and can buy another one. And now I'm thinking I will buy the same brand again because I was really excited about this great customer service offer.
3: I had a warranty that that expired at at the beginning of of COVID for my uh, washing and and dryer uh, machines here. And um, I had the warranty had expired and obviously people were, were not coming into homes uh, during the lockdowns that we were experiencing here in, in my state. And um, I called once things started to, to loosen and, you know, through a couple of phone calls, I, I got them to agree to uh, allow me to have the, that one last service that, that my warranty would have covered um, at the beginning of, of, of the pandemic. So, you know that that was a good experience that i that i had where they made right by the customer
1: so thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much, Sven, for bringing your expertise to the table. It's been really interesting to hear from you about a subject which really is quite complex and absolutely needs brains at the table to address it. So we really appreciate you taking up your time to, to cover this off with us. Um, for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to find out more information, use your story applies. Do get in touch with us at customerperspective at ipsos.com. And of course, do visit our website, ipsos.com, where you can find out more information about our customer experience thinking in the meantime i'm signing off for this week thank you so much trevor too and we look forward to talking to you next week
3: thank you for listening to customer perspective an ipsos podcast new episodes will be made available each week so be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you we are also available on spotify